0: hello and welcome to the local leaders podcast i'm your host jeff johnson the local leaders podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories their experiences their advice and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives get ready another great show is coming up Hey, good afternoon, everyone. It's Jeff Johnson again with the Local Leaders Podcast, um, and we're happy to have you here listening to the show today. And we are super excited to have uh, Cindy Lauterman Schneider on with us today, and she is the owner of Sanchez Bistro in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Cindy.
1: Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
0: But well, we are, as I said, super excited um, to have you with us today and looking forward to, to learning more about you and your business. And in addition to Sanchez Bistro, I'll just go ahead and mention um, Cindy also owns Rome by Sanchez uh, there in Grand Rapids, as well as a new um, uh, project that's just about ready to open its doors in a few weeks called Beacon Corner Bar. So uh, we look forward to hearing those stories as well. So why don't you just kind of, we'll open up a Sanchez Bistro and tell us a little about the restaurant and kind of what it's all about and how, got, how you got into this crazy business.
1: <laughs> well, I got into this crazy business putting myself through college. So that's how <laughs> that all started many years ago. Um, in 1992, um, Sanchez Bistro um, opened its doors. Sanchez is a Spanish tapas restaurant it was started by two chefs that um, graduated from the culinary institute here in grand rapids Um, and they brought me on and um, i helped them along the way back in the early years Um, because i had a lot of restaurant experience i owned my own food truck for many years and um, i knew a lot more about um, running an establishment Um, we all love chefs they're fabulous but when honestly when it comes to business and And how a restaurant is run, you really, you want somebody that is financially and um, focused on, you know, running good numbers. Anyway, so I helped them out for a couple years. And um, during the years, um, they started buying each other out and I bought them out. So in 2014, after having stock with them for, I think, about seven or eight years. I uh, turned around and bought out the last of the stockholders. Um, and so it's been me and my family. Um, I have a husband that's in the restaurant business, and now I have two amazing sons that also help us out. So it's a family business, but it's still a female owned because um, I started it first. It was easier. Um, bureaucratically just to keep it as a, a woman-owned business. So I own 100%, but my family is 100% involved. So we here at Sanchez, um, this is a pretty good sized restaurant. It's about 250 seats. It's two levels. It's very wild and active. It's uh, it's tapas. So it is, um, it's eating food in rotation, like dishes continuously come right along with cocktails. So really it's it's a, an amazing time to sit down at a table with friends or family and just relax and enjoy the food. Talk about the food. Talk about the drinks. Um, so there, there's no real icebreakers that are needed, especially if you're on a date, because the icebreaker is what's coming at you and the things that people haven't seen before. It's a, it's a culinary experience to dine here. So
0: yeah, I was going to say it's a very experiential kind of kind of thing in the you know in the topest restaurants I've been at before um you know you're exactly right the conversation just kind of flows around the items that are coming well first it is what are we going to get right
1: yeah
0: and yeah. and and that's always hard cuz you got to make your selections but uh but then you just have that parade of good good beautiful wonderful savory items coming at you um yeah. that that we all love to have so um, and, and, you know, I don't, I, I think in all the, the people we talked to, we haven't had a tapas restaurant, um, just yet. So is, is that business significantly different or any different from a traditional dine-in restaurant?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, there's never really been a very good template <laughs> written for tapas. I mean, especially when you come to like your Point of sales or anything that is designed for restaurants is not at all in the tapas form. So we do things very differently here. Um, um, like I said, so it's not like coming in and getting your meat, potato, and starting with a salad, ending with a dessert kind of experience. It's more like you look through it. You try to. We try to coach and balance our servers. Are very knowledgeable. We rarely ever hire someone here. It's just as sales, they have to go through the whole bottom-up experience. We we speak in Spanish when um, ordering dishes. They're all um, in Spanish. Everyone has to know every culinary part of the dish to describe it to people. So there's a, we believe in a lot of knowledge. We believe in extraordinary food, the experience, um, the entertainment, what really is. One of our top goals here is entertainment and fun. So it's a whole different type of experience than, um, you know, not gonna pick a restaurant, but any you know steak restaurant steak steak place where you go into and just you know you order your steak medium rare and I'll take that potato and I'll start with a salad so right. it's completely different and uh it's interactive it's um it's wild it's uh, you know we get tables involved with other tables i mean it's just it's just a whole lot different and um but it is definitely an experience to remember and it is believe it or not um the two restaurants that we have open right now which are so different than any other type of dining um are, um destination people come into town to see a show like michael buble is coming next week and we have reservations completely booked for weeks out because people are coming into the city to see the show and to dine so they know exactly where they want to dine so we are a destination restaurant and um yeah, that's, and, you know, since 92, I mean, we're talking about before the Food Network. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I I mentioned the Food Network a lot because, you know, the Food Network made a lot more foodies out of people, or they brought them all together to say, hey, you know, there's a bunch of us out here that like this, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, so before the Food Network, there was just us doing doing our thing and trying to explain like, you know, crazy food, like. You eat octopus? Yes, we eat octopus here, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So, well, that, that sounds amazing. And, and, um, you know, every time I do this, I get hungry. And that's, that's yeah. the worst part about it. I think I'm gaining weight doing these, uh, podcasts, but it, it sounds delicious. And, uh, even the octopus, I hadn't had yeah, that since, uh, in, in a long time, but, uh, um, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and so tell me this, how, you know, from um, I would think that, that tapas being that you've got multiple dishes coming out, that in managing food costs are, is even more important, maybe in a tapas restaurant than than other. Although all of them are obviously important. Um, do you see? Is there a big disparity in food costs in the tapas restaurant versus your your other uh, restaurants? Well,
1: you know, with restaurants, it's it's interesting because if you're just throwing a steak on the grill, right. And a baked potato that's been in the oven, you're able to actually pay your staff a little bit more. But when you get into tapas, there's so much prep involved to create beautiful dishes. Um, Cause all of our dishes, you know, have the swirls on it. So, so, um, see, you know what I'm saying? Or, or the yeah. design, the design that jumps out at you are like, Ooh, look at that. I mean, how many times have we said, Ooh, look at that steak. You know, yeah. if you don't, you go, Oh, that looks delicious. And you eat it. But right. ours are, ours are, you know, dropped on the table with a description and what all the um, components are around it, separate serving spoon. And then people just start digging in and going, and that takes a lot of time and a lot more prep involved. Um, so So there's a big difference there, and it has been difficult to keep that balance after COVID with with food costs rising, which is interesting, labor coming up. So, you know, we're definitely challenged right now. This is not an easy time to be in the food business. Here in Michigan, we were closed or restricted for 453 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. um, Our governor was super serious. And you know she believed in keeping us all safe, and um, that was the rule with the health department. So 453 days is a very long time to come nice. back. Um, so we're we're still we're still struggling a little bit. We are still waiting for the RRF, and a lot of people got it. We missed it. We got it for our smaller restaurant, but not the big one. And I mean, there's a lot of incentives out there for us right now. It's just getting through. The long steps to get there to um, help us along. We do have this thing coming up starting on the 16th of September in Grand Rapids here, and it's a very large um, art festival, mm-hmm. and it's called Art Prize. Art Prize is the name of it, and um, it'll bring in just about a little less than 1 million people in three weeks um, from out of state, and it is it went for 10 years strong. And then the 11th year, they decided to change up the concept, which was a flop. And then the 12th year was COVID. And then now we're on the 13th year. So they're bringing back the festival that was three years ago back this year. And it's, um, I'll be honest, it's a little scary. Um, and the same time we've got all of our shows coming back, just like Broadway. Um, All of our music shows, our conventions are back. So September is here. Um, And and I'm really very excited that, you know, we're trying really hard to get back to normalcy. But like I said in the beginning earlier, it's just like the labor is the biggest struggle and getting people trained because for us, it's just not come in and, you know, take a table. It's there's a lot of education going on. And so it's difficult. So, But we're ready for three-week festival of nonstop guests. It's nonstop. It's the most incredible thing. It was started by a, a young man named um, Rick DeVos, who, of course, is from the DeVos family that we know from the past administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's an outdoor, indoor festival of artists that come from all over the world. And there's a lot of money and prizes involved. So it's a voting, it's a big voting event too. So it's it's very fun. It really took Grand Rapids out of its flyby zone and brought it to uh, 13 years ago to a, a higher level of, oh, there's something happening here. That was a big festival. So, um, right. but in the long run, it, it adds like three fiscal weeks onto our year. So. We double, almost triple our sales for three weeks. So to get your head around that concept is is difficult. But we're hoping that it'll pull us a little bit out of the hole that we're in yes, with, with COVID. So, um, you know, it's kind of that bittersweet, like it's going to be crazy here, but <laughs> hopefully we'll survive.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll it, you
1: know, so, yeah.
0: Well, it'll it's, be it'd be nice to have a little cash infusion, um, you know, mm-hmm. from that to to try to offset, you know, the 400 and or 450 days closed or restricted. That's well over a year. Um, sure is. Gosh, I, I didn't realize Michigan was in that in that sort of shape uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of of the impact it's having on on you all. And um, you know, I, I think all that has has impacted the workforce, uh, you know, as well as just people deciding to get out of it. Um, you know completely and and not come back and labor is a big challenge for all of our customers all of our guests that we've had on Um, you know really every industry but restaurants specifically have been hit really hard Um, and finding a way out of that um, is it's a magic bullet you know if we could figure it out we would we'd have it made but you know i doubt we'll solve that here today right
1: yep we just keep trying, though. I mean, we are the creative part of the industry. You know, we're you know we're hospitality, so we have some good creative thoughts. It's just finding the right one to click, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Well, as you said, the the finances have to work. The you know, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think the the whole industry as a whole is you know there's got to be change, and and COVID drove a lot of changes uh, to the industry already. And I think there's more to come, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, wages, um, pay disparities, uh, or the perception of that, you know, for some um, benefits, you know, all the different things that push people from one career to another uh, have got to come come to fruition. And, and even the consumers, you know, we've got to realize <clears throat> that uh, as a consumer and, and going out to eat, that 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 could change significantly in terms of what it costs to do, th- to do that. Cause your cost of business of doing business, you know, is has already gone up and it could continue depending on what you have to do to compete for labor, you know, with other industries uh, in the future. So I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but it's easy. That's to do. okay.
1: <laughs> it's a good conversation. Me too. I can do it for, for hours, honestly. Yeah. You know, Cause I just coming back from Chicago this weekend, it's like, you know, you're see when you're out, it's hard because when you're out to restaurants, you're honestly seeing that they're all struggling with staff. There's just not enough people. And then unfortunately, you know, the owners want you to pack the restaurant. So the guests aren't receiving the type of service that they should be getting for the prices, prices that are going up, that they're paying. And so then I I wonder about consumer confidence in the restaurant. That's my biggest fear index is like, what are consumers going to walk away from going, oh, I can just go get that. You know, I don't even know what they're called. Just fresh or freshy or.
0: Yeah. Some of those boxed meals. Boxed, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my
1: biggest fear, you know, it's like, so yeah. To, and then, you know, you know, the the sensitivity of, of staff members right now is, is a real different thing too. You know, there's a, a lot of depression. There's a lot of fear still around with COVID and finances and families, you know, Um, and uh, you know, so you get that and you're just a little bit off twerk with them and you can lose people, you can lose people daily, you know? So the, the revolving door, if you're not super sensitive is really a lot faster right now than it usually is usually, I mean, I have people that have been with me for over twenty years, you know? So um, I don't you know, a lot of people find our place to be a family business that's uh, really fun to work at. And you see the owners like me. You know, we all care about you. but, you know, there's a hundred plus employees. so you know, that's fills your day too. So anyway, I just yeah. am trying to say that I don't want consumer confidence to go down for restaurants. I've been hearing, little rumors of it. Why don't you just come to my house? I cook. It'll be a better experience. And I'm like, mm, you yeah. can't have that. We're going to lose it again. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not what you want to hear as a, as an owner, owner, operator, uh-huh. investor, anything um, when it comes uh-huh. to, to the business. Well, switching gears and, and I'm, I'm really bad about bouncing around. So I may bounce right back to where we are, but um, I'd love to hear just a little bit if you wouldn't mind sharing about Rome um, and then also about Beacon Corner um, for Rome, you know, kind of what the concept is, uh, how long it's, it's been around, et cetera. Um, and and then I'll ask you some more about Beacon Corner.
1: Sure. For, well, for the longest time. Okay. So I'm just going to say that my husband and I were running the restaurant. And both of our sons were in college. One was going to school and finished as an air traffic controller and the other one finished with a business. And Spanish degree, two different colleges. And then all of a sudden, they both show up at our doorstep and go, hey, we want to work for the family business. And we're like, what? (laughs) Get out of here.
0: (laughs) There's that Long Island.
1: (laughs) There it is. And uh, so they came back to work for us. And then we were like, oh, well, you know, let's expand a little bit. So we actually tried to franchise or to, to multiply and do another Sanchez Bistro over on the East side of the state Detroit, but that got so complicated. They were growing so fast over there coming out of, you know, out of their bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And it was probably a blessing that we're not over there. So then we decided, well, we should probably come up with a new concept and my husband and I travel a lot and, um, oh, we used to, <laughs> hopefully it'll come back soon. <laughs> but, um, so we decided to, and through research, we, we stay really close to the National Restaurant Association and the Michigan Restaurant Association. So we read a lot and do a lot of research. And we were seeing that like street food was becoming a real popular thing. Mm-hmm. So Rome by Sanchez is global street food, inspired global street food. So we have foods from all over the world um, that you would often find on the streets and put into dishes where you sit down and enjoy it just kind of like tapas isn't the tapa style here in in the united states is not at all like the tapas in spain in spain you don't have a seat you're standing you're getting a drink and then they give you a, a plate of potato salad or something but anyway and we dine on it so global street food so it's like we have the from china the Xinbing, and um from India, the Cati roll. And so we have all these really bizarre foods that are fabulous in flavor. And so, yeah, it's been there just about three years and it's doing really well. It's right across the hall, um, the street from um, our performance hall, our big performance hall and our um, convention center. So we have a lot of foot track there. That so is- that is little one it's like 70 seats so that is rome by sanchez so
0: that is a
1: so very fun yeah
0: that, one, that one's cool <laughs> and you were in the food truck business in the past as yeah. well so i mean i yeah. could see i could see inspire global street food in a food truck all day long
1: all day long yeah
0: yeah, yeah and that. then
1: we're opening right next so we've always had this space right next to sanchez in the same building but we decided to build it out it was an event space for a while we had this very large hotel going across the street from us. Um, Grand Rapids is a um, a booing city. There are um, the buildings going up all over. So we decided that the event space next door was uh, probably, it's a beautiful corner, all glass. We decided that it probably wasn't um, pulling in as much revenue as it could. So once again, we decided to come up with a new concept. So. Beacon Corner Bar and Coastal Fair it will be a seafood boil restaurant. So, uh, bringing back my Long Island stuff, so like, um, <laughs> uh, you know, clam bakes and, and boils and, um, you know, fish fries. And so, it's going to be a coastal fair over there. So,
0: that sounds awesome. That's one of my favorites, actually. Is the, yeah, yeah, the the. The boils and the you know the the pots, um, you know steam pots and you know all those different things. Uh, it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. thank you.
0: Yeah, it, uh, and and you're hoping that as we were talking before we we uh, we started the show that um, right now you've got everything ready to roll except for people. Yep. So.
1: So and with our Prize coming up right now um, in a couple of days we host but if you i think we have seven artists in our three restaurants so we host artists they'll put their art up here um and we decided to host an artist over at the new concept which is directly across the hall you can walk right to it um so we're just going to be doing like maybe just cocktail service there um people can come through and read about it see what's coming and kind of just like a sneak peek um Mm -hmm. Because if we opened and we were not ready for it, you know, obviously not our first rodeo, but um, the earth could just open up and suck us in because our prize has been known to take a restaurant, chew it up and spit it out. You know, it's pretty intense. It's it's an intense time. It's kind of like Palapalooza in Chicago. I don't know what happens over there in North Carolina. Do you have any big events like that?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, we we do have some some big events, but I don't know that they're as big as what you're talking about. Um, you know, one of the things we have is, is is we've always had out of High Point, North Carolina, is the um, um, furniture mart or market. Uh, there's two yeah. furniture markets in the in the U.S. each year, and uh, it was always in High Point, North Carolina, until it, I don't know, about 10 or 12 years ago, I think, is when Vegas opened up. Uh, A second one but yeah we get um a lot of activity and a lot of people um from all over the the world you know flying in and coming in during furniture mart so it's it's crazy it's you know people that live there renting out their homes and leaving you know for the week and
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah
0: yeah, same kind of thing it's just uh it's just just a but it's only a week so it's it's like five days and and mm. they're out of here so yeah. a three-week event sounds horrendous yes if I it were is a restaurant owner in the middle <laughs> of it <laughs> yeah. it's good and it's ugly at the same time
1: yeah so we're bringing all our staff in this coming sunday this a lot of people that don't even know what we're talking about they've never experienced it you know it's kind of like the first week of our press. it's like woo this is so fun and the second week mm. was like If I have to tell you this again, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. nobody knows where to go, and same, same. Then the third week, you're just like, you know, you know,
0: telling them where to go, like yeah,
1: yeah. So it's hard to keep that motivation
0: level up. So it's It's fun. Either that, or you're the walking dead. Yeah, exactly. Here's your time exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's, that sounds, it sounds good. And like I said, it sounds bad at the same time. So yeah,
1: there's um, something about being having a crazy restaurant that just keeps us all going. I don't know. You know, there's something about that. That buzz that you get from working in this business. that just, I don't know. Something about it just makes you happy.
0: Yeah. Well, Hey, I'm curious since you've had, um, you've had, you know, several, well, you you started with the one you when well, you started with food trucks, and you went to um, the the tapas restaurant, and then you went to Rome. In your experience, how long does has it taken you, or would you expect it to take to to get to you know get the black on a a new investment like that? I, I've never asked anyone that question, so uh,
1: it's all good. Well, you know, it, to me, it takes about a good three years.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, and it's like a lot of tweaking, like for us, it's like listening to our guests, you know, like, what do you want? And then making sure that everybody knows, like, that's what they want to do. So you have to listen to your guests and oh, we really love that. We're bringing it back, getting people to follow you, um, controlling your costs. Um, you know, with food business, anyway, you have cross utilization of a lot of different um, food items that so you're not just bringing in, you know, shrimp for one item, but you're cross-utilizing it so it stays fresh. Right. Um, yeah, there's so many elements, but I would definitely say it's about three years. Yeah, three years. So just about time for me to retire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I don't, you know, you, you told me your age there, but uh, but you don't look it. So it looks like you got a lot of years Yay! ahead of you.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, there's the sweet talk from North Carolina.
1: There it is. We like it.
0: Yes, ma'am. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting to hear because, and I know it varies. It depends on the concept, your, your investments, you know, what you've got in it, um, you know, to start with, uh, there's so many variables out there, but you know, there, uh, a lot of our listeners are, um, future restaurant owners, uh, in addition to having, having owners and, uh, investors and, and different people like that as well, you know, in our listening audience and, um, you know, the trying that you know the hardest obstacle to overcome for most is coming up with the money to get started yeah. so um you know any advice you might give to those those newbies um who are, are looking to fund you know that that first restaurant i didn't prep you for this so i realize i'm throwing things at you that's from right. field, but
1: that's all right i mean if you don't have you know private investors which dan and i didn't neither we don't have you know, families with deep pockets either. So, um, where the previous owners had those things, but, um, you know, we have a college here, uh, Grand Valley State University, and they have a business, um, program that is a free service to anyone starting a business here in this area, especially if you're alumni, which I am. So, um, that was one of the most helpful things for me to do is I was able to project and they helped me write a business plan and it was all a free service to me where usually when you start that kind of thing you're like where does this even you know do I have to google this how does this work yeah. but um, yeah so the the business association at Grand Valley was so very very helpful to me I mean there was so I've had a quite a few different business plans and they've like told me hey sin run, get out of that one. That's not a good one. You know, like, you know, going to Detroit or different ones that I don't want to mention, but the other people have wanted me in their neighborhoods or areas. And uh, it's just, you know, they look at the foot traffic, they look at what numbers you have to do, what's your rent. And so, you know, there's a lot of different pieces that come together to help you be successful, you know, like who would have ever known that rent needed to be seven percent of your sales? You know, I'm like nobody yeah. ever told me that before. You know, and that was super helpful for me. You know, and I've been able to pass it along to other people. You know, and so, but um, yeah, you know so that's, that
0: was that's helpful to me because I've never heard anyone say that. I mean, I know, yeah, I know prime costs and I know what the targets are. You know, for for food and labor. Yeah, but I, I've never heard rent at seven percent. And if you go to get a mortgage. You know, you'll learn from the mortgage originators what your income needs to be as a percentage of of uh, of your home, um, of your mortgage payment. So I guess it's the same thing, right?
1: It is the same thing, right? Yeah. But who knew? I had no idea. So, but yeah, so they were super helpful to me. Um, You know, when you get involved with banks, it's difficult. I will be honest; Um, it is difficult as a woman. I'm just going to say it: to get a loan from a bank just putting it out there and um, uh, not much I can do about it. But uh, So even though like I have really good books, um, um, when I um, really got into Sanchez, the, the previous owners were in the red quite a bit. And so it took me, that was about two years, but it was already established business too. So, but I got out of, you know, got them out of the red. And got all of their stockholders paid off. And that's when I was able to purchase it at a good price, you know, mm-hmm. but, but um, yeah, so that would be for me, if you have a local college that can help you write a business plan and help you, you know, with that. And I know those, you know, those little SBA groups are out there and they're, uh, they're, they're so
0: helpful. Yeah. I was about to mention SBA loans as, as being an option. I've got a a friend out of Florida that's in that business and uh, hopefully i'm gonna have him on the show here before long and kind of do a special edition where i'm not talking to an owner but actually um you know someone who owners may need you know in terms yeah. of of expansion or yeah uh, adding, and they you know, have been locations. so
1: they've been so helpful sba has been just a godsend for uh, and then the chambers you know that's another thing i'd say to a lot of people is like if you're able to become a have membership with like your chamber or your national Restaurant Association or the SBA or whatever you need, those well, they're very, very helpful to guide you along the way, answer for questions, you know, like the National Restaurant Association offered uh, free legal advice, you know for twenty minutes a month when I was you know when unfortunately, when all those riots happened. Um, we have the police, our police department is directly across the street. So we were a high zone for that. Yeah. Took a, took a lot of burnt our building and part of our building down. But anyway, um, there was just a lot of legal advice that was there. So, you know, those are just really helpful. They might not have been helpful in the past or not needed, but to be honest, just pay those, pay those membership fees and they're there for, it. you know, they are filled with information. Yeah. So.
0: It- good idea and good advice and uh, and i'll just add that i was talking with another owner a couple of weeks back and and they were talking about expansions and uh, and getting really creative because landlords today um you know they have they have space you know they've had a lot of people sh- shut down and not come back from covid they've got empty buildings and uh, some of them when you find the right location are willing to get creative to help get you in yeah that's true um, so don't be afraid to ask
1: right? don't be afraid to ask
0: yeah oh
1: yeah like at COVID I I was told to ask to take like three months of my rent and push it to the end you know it did a little bit of an extra percentage hit you know like you know for for where uh, and that was they were like yeah we'd be happy to do that and I was like so I was like rent free for three months which was so helpful you know just Don't be afraid to ask and listen to advice. Listen to what, you know, people tell you.
0: Uh, I I think that's, that's terrific uh, advice to be able to give for all of us. And we all have to be able to take it too, because as, as business owners, you know, we don't ever want to be complacent and especially from our education and our learning and our openness (laughs) to new ideas and and new ways of doing things, because, you know, in this industry, we're going to have to change. We're going to have to Make drastic changes in some some cases going forward into the future, and um you know it may not look the same ten years from now as it does today, and um hopefully it'll be for the better and maybe one day we'll figure out how restaurant owners can have quality of life in addition to a good business. <laughs> I hear you <ya. laughs>
1: yeah, yeah
0: i'm I'm not sure i I can deliver that one, but uh but it sure would be nice and Um, You know, it's tough and and I admire you and your family for all that you guys are doing. You're uh, essentially running two restaurants today and about to have a third. And gosh, I don't I don't know how you balance how you how you manage. But uh, I'm assuming you have some good general managers um, between your and there's probably is it the sons or the sons kind of splitting that that job up and, and your husband. Yep,
1: They are. Yep, they are. And then we have amazing people like managers that run great shifts for us or loyal to us. It's great. We have, yeah, very proud of the people that we have working for us. It's, it's a family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have, have you, have you seen, you know, over the years in your, in your experience and in your business, have, have you had, to, I've been asking this lately and it's kind of interesting, but it, have you had to change as your leadership style or kind of have you grown as a leader or changed as a leader um, to kind of as your business has grown.
1: No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see that my leadership has changed. I am definitely passing in a lot more to my sons, but, um, and, you know, believe it or not, I'm like 40 plus years and a lot of the people that are starting here. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the way I speak is completely different than the way they speak. So, um, <laughs> you know, just the language or the style or, you know, the music that we're listening to, you know, yeah, so much, part. so much, yeah, things like that. So, um, I've softened a lot in that way. just like sit back and let the next generation move forward. But as for my, um, for my goals and my standards and no, I haven't backed down, you know, it's still hospitality. And there's still a certain way to do it. So, so yeah, I always still say people, if they're sitting in your section or they're coming to dine with you, you treat them like they're, you're in your own home, you know, you make them welcome. Sit back, relax. Let's let take care of you. We're gonna even do the dishes, okay? So that
0: kind of thing. Yeah, have some fun. <laughs> hey, I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, that'd be a, that'd be a good slogan or something or a good ad campaign. Yeah. Uh, nobody Thanks. likes. Well, these days, nobody. You, know, you said you were concerned about the the industry itself and and things like that with people cooking at home, but from what I see out there. And I'm one of them. Nobody wants to cook. Nobody wants to I clean know. dishes. And, you know, we want to have somebody to take care of, especially since COVID. I mean, once you could go back to a restaurant, we just went crazy and, mm-hmm. you know, flocked yes. to it. And and of course, timing stunk because a restaurant didn't have the staff and, and food shortages and food prices and all those things hit. So it's just kind of been crazy. Uh, all in all but You guys are doing, doing awesome. And and you're growing during COVID, which is quite inspirational. Uh, Thank you. So so congratulations, uh, for the success that you've had and, uh, any final words of wisdom or anything that I missed asking you that I should have?
1: No, I think we're good. I mean, like I said, I could talk all day. I've been doing this all my life. So every year is different, but, uh, yeah, survive. We're going to survive. And, um, I guess the only thing I would say is often I hear people say, well, I went to my favorite restaurant was packed. So restaurants are back. Why do they need any more you know, assistance or help, but we're back, but it's going to be, it's going to be a rough winter. So um, just remember that we still can use a little more support, you know? So
0: yeah. And, yeah. and to our, to our listeners who are not owners, but maybe a uh, foodies or, or people that enjoy going out to eat, we've all got to remember that there's a, a significant shortage in in staff and service levels um you know may not be 120 uh, although we're all trying to to make it that way uh, and i think the biggest thing i heard like this past week i was in florida on vacation so we ate out ate out a lot and i'd hear people complaining about having to wait and oh there's i see five tables over there why well, i got to stand out here just remember there's nobody to serve those tables and you know there's not enough cooks in the kitchen and there's not enough food in the pantry (laughs) in the freezer yeah that's right there's a lot of issues that are impacting um how we serve uh, or how you guys are serving your your customers and that's every restaurant out there so the public we need to be a little more patient a little more understanding and um um you know just be thankful that you guys are there and that you're able to take care of us as well as you do so
1: Thank you very much.
0: You are very welcome. I, I thank you for being here again. Um, you know, again we're talking to to Cindy uh, Lauterman-Snyder, who's the owner of three restaurants now: Sanchez Bistro uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as well as Rome by Sanchez and Beacon Corner Bar, soon to be opening. Maybe have some um, uh, some light. Uh, occasions open it up in the next few weeks with with some services, but not not the full thing yet um, but we hope to have that soon and uh, if you're in that area um, please if you haven't visited these restaurants uh, or bars, please get there if you've not been there in a while, please come back and bring four or five people with you um, because they're there to serve and and uh, we all need to support our our restaurants uh, and our the the staff in those restaurants because you know they've all been hurt and we need to be very supportive so please get out there and and visit and uh, again cindy thank you so much for your time today for being here we appreciate it Um, to all our listeners thank you for listening to another episode of local leaders podcast i'm your host jeff johnson and uh, we'll see you next time thank you Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.